Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next. You're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. It's that simple. Must be nice to live in the world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you have known? Yes. Listen, I said it. What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're going to throw it all away. Yes. I didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. Oof. I'm trying to hold it together because worship was so awesome. Oh my gosh. And I forgot I was preaching, so my voice is about to go out a little bit, so forgive me if I sound raspy. But hello, church family. How are you? I heard blessed and highly favored. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Welcome. Welcome those online. I'm sure, I'm not sure if Pastor Ken was on first service or second service, but we offered him some time off and he took it. Amen. Amen. Much needed time off, right? Um, So we're so grateful to our leaders here and everyone who makes this service the way that it is and brings us to the heart of God. I'm still trying to keep it together. We are introducing to you all a sermon series 
called Follow Me, which introduces our larger theme for the year, Follow Me. Last week, Ken spoke on the invitation, and he invited us to think about our Christianese, things like repentance and discipleship, and what does that all mean? And he broke it down for us, and he said, discipleship means to follow Jesus. Repentance means to change your focus. You change your focus from the things that are happening to what Jesus says. He explained to us that sometimes in following Jesus, you have to let go and let God. And there will be some discomfort. And that's to be expected. But in following Jesus, we need to be in proximity to him. And that proximity can look like all of us gathering here. It can be us spending time in his word. It can be a good conversation with your small group leaders and group members, amen? So make sure you join in the lobby. But we still need to be close to Jesus. We need community. There's no way for us to do this by ourselves. And so that shift to following Jesus means that you not only go yourself, but you take others along with you. And then he explained something, which is the topic that I'm going to expound on right now. He said that we are all called to something. Let us pray together. Father, help me to speak what you have taught me. Help it to be clear, help it to be plain, so that everything that your children need right now, those who have been seeking for more, those who have been searching and wondering, God, is this all there is to the Christian life? Those who have been feeling empty, and thirsty might find fuel for their soul. Fill us, Lord. We just want to follow you. Help us to understand and to learn what it means to be called by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, if I were to tell you that you're called you'll probably say to what? To the phone? Yes, this is Andrelene Brady, right? But if I said you're called to be a surgeon, you obviously know what that means. You would be doing surgery where? Talk to me, everyone. Where? In the hospital. Thank you. I like it when you talk. It helps. Amen. And if I said, we need to build a house, we need to get 2702 ready to do justice ministry work, and I need some construction workers, you would tell me to call whom? A construction company. Exactly. I wouldn't call my friend who does bookkeeping. I wouldn't call my friend who does, you know, chef. 
I wouldn't call any of those people because there are certain skill sets that goes to doing those things, correct? Very obvious. But when I say you're called to follow Jesus, what does that mean? And I think our scripture gives us beautiful language and context for what that means. Now, Matthew, as you saw in the video, was wealthy. I mean, <laughs> they're trying to tell him, don't go to this man. And as Pastor Ken said last week, why would you leave all of your money and wealth to follow a homeless man? What? If someone who I saw on the street corner holding up a sign tells me, follow me, and I went and followed him, you would look at me like, Pastor Anderlene, what are you doing? Are you nuts? Right? But here is Matthew. who has this call and immediately follows Jesus. Now, let me give you context for this text because the richness of what is happening here comes from the history of what has happened before we enter into this moment. Let me start from the beginning. Jesus created all of us, right? From Genesis, we know he created us and called us very good. And he says, he has made us in his image. So that means there's something about us that has a divine spark, a God spark in us. Yes, we're tracking, right? And so what ends up happening in the story is that when we shift our focus from that God spark, that God promised to... This fruit looks very good to the eye. This knowledge looks very pleasing to me. This way of thinking is the best way. We shift from the God focus to everything else. We end up falling into what we call today entanglements. If you have not heard, if you're not a hipster, if you not had heard of this trending, whoever made this popular, I believe, was... Um, Give me the name. Where's Satara? Where I need her. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith. Entanglements. Why? Because the entanglements have everything to do with these little small compromises that we like to make. And before you even know it, you're in a heap of a mess. Let me give you another example. I'm just going to check my Facebook for about five minutes. Ten hours later. Where did the day go? I have a million things to do. Entanglements, right? So we see the beginnings of entanglements from the beginning and every story thereafter is all about those entanglements that shift from focusing on what God has promised to whatever we want, whatever was pleasing in our eyes. Still tracking with me? Perfect. So we have Abraham who's called out of entanglements 
right? To freedom. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you identity. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm going to give you everything that you need to be sustainable and to be my special people. And what does he do? He looks to Hagar and says, well, since God ain't doing it this way, I'm going to do it my own way. And we get entanglements. And so we continue on in these stories of several years of entanglements that leads to slavery, that leads to oppression, that leads to a whole systemic degradation of a people where they used to focus on Jesus, on the one who called them out of slavery into his promised land. He said, I'm going to give you everything in this land. It is yours. You will have grapes the size of Lord knows what, that it requires two men to carry the grapes out. Who would like that land? Right? Have you gone to the groceries lately and seen these grapes? They look so sad. Right? And so as you're getting these languages of richness and prosperity and livelihood, God is literally over-promising his children of Israel that if you focus on me and follow me, you will have everything that you need to live a life that is beyond you, but will go into generations upon generations upon generations. And unfortunately, they shift their focus and they want a king that looks like them because everybody else had a king that looks like them. And we get into the book of Judges and it, kept, it keeps saying everything looks, everyone went in the ways of their own thinking, right? What was right to them was the way that they went. So then we have good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings. And the children of Israel is, are literally going nuts. I should probably rephrase that. Going silly because of all of these representations that they're having. They're dancing between two different opposing views, yet they are called. And these entanglements rob them. And then the Old Testament goes silent. There's nothing in between that we know of. And we get into the New Testament. And now the children of Israel are being oppressed by Roman leaders not simply through slavery. They're being oppressed through a systemic system of taxation. And not only are they doing it themselves, they're using other Jews to do it. Now, I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than when someone who is close to you betrays you, right? I mean, everyone else on the outside, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Ah, you don't know me. It's okay. I don't care. But when it comes to family, oh, you know me. You've seen what I've gone through. And now you're siding with the side of the people who have robbed us of our livelihood. Not only us, but you're siding with the people who have robbed our children's children, children's children. 
So Matthew was part of the system of oppression. He was part of a system that had denigrated, that had killed the God spark, if not all away, somewhat away. Their value as a people were constantly being attacked. So when Matthew answers this call, he's not simply, jolly good gosh. <laughs> no, he is answering with a text of history right behind him. He is coming into this call with betrayal fully exposed. And then on the flip side, he's coming into this call exposing other people. Because right in the midst of their group of disciples were those who were affiliated with a group called the Zealots. And they were a rebellious group who were about breaking the system down. We don't believe in this. And they targeted the Romans and they targeted specifically tax collectors. <laughs> and here is Jesus saying, come on, guys. <laughs> Murder, pray, come together. Do you realize that Jesus is doing something different in this moment. And that moment is, is, is beyond what the text is saying. And we have the same issues today. When God calls different people into a system like ours, like Whole Life Church. He's not calling simply random people into community. He's calling very specific histories and cultures and families and issues and biases and race and gender and creed into community. And when the Pharisees see this, oh, they're about to lose everything good in them. <laughs> and the text tells us, Matthew not only answers the call, he now says, come to dinner, come to dinner and let me bring all of my sinner friends with me. And the Pharisees see this and they are asking the disciples, why does your teacher eat with scums? The value of a person to them had to have some behavioral component of change. When we see people answer the call of God to come into community, into relationship, we often are looking for signs of change, right? Now, don't get me wrong. 
I believe in transformation. I think Jesus says, follow me. And somewhere along the way, things change. I am a witness to that. There is change that happens. But it's not my job to determine what that change is supposed to look like. Or it's supposed to be like. Do I dare call one of you a scum? Do I dare judge that? And Jesus, oh, you gotta love Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I love Jesus. Like the way, like if, if there is a space where Jesus just breeds petty, this is it. Jesus overhearing, shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? Go figure out. What this scripture means, I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Whew. Harsh, right? Pretty harsh. But there are several things in this text. The assumption is if you're following Jesus, you don't need to be coddled, right? That he's already doing that work in you. You responded with all of your messiness and you're saying here, God, because you have given me mercy, now I can give mercy to others. That's the assumption that's here. God does not need our religious understanding and perspectives. He needs our mercy. That word mercy means compassion, pity. It is a way of looking at others and seeing that God spark in them. Seeing the value that God assigned to each person, no matter who, what, where, why. So the Pharisees wanted proof. Give me evidence of your transformation change. If I think about MLK and his message, he only had hope. He only had dreams. Did he have evidence that things were going to change? No. He died knowing that there is something much more important than evidence. He wanted to remind our world that we are all created in God's image. And he knew because of the God spark in each person all these biases, all of these presumptions of what change looks like can be cast away. Because if love is there, if mercy and compassion is there, everything changes. So what does it mean to be 
called to follow Jesus? May I suggest to you three things that I think it means to be called. It means being exposed. All of your messiness, all of your confusion, all of your doubts, all of your worries, all of your affiliations, Republican, liberals, black, white, Haitian, Jamaican, all of those things will be exposed. And I'm not talking about the type of exposure that condemns people. I'm talking about the type of exposure where Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, let me cover you, daughter. Get up. I won't cast my stone on you. Go and sin no more. It's not that he didn't see her messiness. He understood messiness can be changed within community, acceptance, and relationship. He calls her daughter where others were ready to kill her. It means being connected. Matthew didn't simply take himself and follow Jesus. He brought his whole entire community base with him because back then, the only friends he could have ever had were tax collectors as well. So he didn't simply receive the follow me. He took people along with him. He brought his community. Who are you bringing with you into this space? into whole life church where we value loving people into a lifelong relationship with God. Who are you bringing into the space? As a church family, we did something that was probably different and uncomfortable for a lot of people. We went into the Exploria Stadium and we connected with the unsheltered community in a way that I heard stories upon stories. One young lady, I remember her, she laughed herself silly, no teeth, and she said to me, man, your church and these kids are something else. I haven't seen my kids in five years. The God spark. It means being secured. Being secured means you, you just, you lock into Jesus. You lock into Jesus. You lock into Jesus. All the messiness, all the noise, all the frivolities of religion does not dictate to you what mercy is. Only Jesus does that. Are you locked into Jesus's mercy? Are you locked into Jesus and follow him? no matter what it looks like. And the thing is too, here's the deal. Matthew did not need confirmation, nor did Jesus need confirmation that, they, that there was a call. Because those calls come when you're locked into Jesus. I knew I was called. I had no affirmation from nobody about that calling. And by all counts and creeds, 
I was not qualified to be a pastor. I was single, I was divorced, I was broke and educated, but I was broke. (laughs) And by all accounts, I should not be standing here declaring the word of the Lord to you. But because I was locked into Jesus, I followed him from Yale University, no money, like Matthew, into seminary. And let me tell you, that's that's not a big paycheck, guys. Let's just be clear. This is why your offerings are important. (laughs) And went to Michigan. If you've been to Michigan, the blistering cold, like today, this is like a fraction of what Michigan is. And then he said, go back to Tampa. I had only a social work job and I'm doing outpatient therapy and going to houses that were full of cockroaches. And every one of my clients told me this, you're different. Are you sure you're not a pastor? You're different. And after a while, I started to think, okay, this is becoming ridiculous, Jesus, because you're using my clients now to tell me it's time to go back. So I locked into Jesus. I prayed. I said, okay, Lord, if, you're, if you want me to go again, I'm going to let go of the job. Ooh, but you better, you got to help me out here, Jesus. You got to help me out. I locked in. And then he told me, apply to these places. Before I knew it, I was going to British Columbia. I packed everything into my car, drove 3,586 miles across and up, slept in places that I shouldn't have slept in, and made it because I was locked into Jesus. Pandemic hits. Pandemic hits two weeks after I get there. I don't know my church family. I'm living inside of the church like I was Samuel. And now I'm told I have to serve the community who is overwhelmed by this pandemic. And we end up serving. At some point, it was a thousand people a week. I locked into Jesus. Now I burn out and I'm like, okay, Jesus, we're tired. (laughs) What are we going to do? And this call came while my mom was going through COVID and typhoid and was near deathbed. And I said, okay, is this a sign, Lord? Lock in, lock in. But there were no outside voices affirming these things to me. I had to go where the spirit told me to go. You don't need outside validation. You need Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. I promise this is the last of it. I know I'm going over a bit of time. Thank you, love you. Come on, girl, come on. (laughs) Matthew 9 tells us literally 
few verses down. Jesus went through all the towns, villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed and helpless. That word compassion means mercy. Deep, deep birthing mercy. Follow Jesus into deep abiding and birthing mercy. Because quite frankly, there's a lot of work to do out in our community. We're here because we've specifically been called to be here in all of your differences and backgrounds and all of your positions, wherever you're at, tap into following Jesus because you all are called. And it's okay. You're going to be exposed. You're going to want to be connected. Small groups are out there. I'm going to keep pushing that. And you need to be secure. Worship together. I do have a dream. I have a dream that we will all be okay with being different. We are all called to this awesome God. I want you to remember, again, small groups are in the lobby. Please be sure to sign up. And if you have a lot of questions about, okay, pastor, I know I'm called, but what exactly am I going to do with that? Please make sure to put your comments and subscribe to our podcast. We do try to answer your questions in the podcast. So tune into that. And if you're not following our communications, we really want to encourage you to get into our communication stream. We have podcasts, YouTube, Church Live, and our newsletter. Stay connected. We have a lot going on in our church, and we want to invite you to be different. We want to give you opportunities to be different. And whatever the difference is that God has already spoken to you about, you've dreamt about it, you want it, please, please do not let that go by. We want to connect with you. You can reach to us. There are many ways to do so. Go on the church website. And please, we need more of you all out there. We need different Christians. We need called Christians. We need Christians who are connected and secured and exposed in Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, you have been so awesome to us. You have given us a church family that has made the commitment to love people into a lifelong relationship with you. You have given us a space that is safe, that values acceptance, that values differences.
and we are intentional about those differences. God, we, we thank you that those differences are no longer barriers, but they are opportunities to say, let's go, follow me to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus and follow me. Let's do this thing together. God, we have a dream that our community will never, ever, ever feel like they don't have the God spark in them. That our community will know because of Jesus, we are here and we will be the difference. We will declare the word of the Lord that you are valued and you matter to us. Thank you, God. I pray now, Lord, that you will just seal any words that you have spoken to your children. Let it just breathe and grow in them and fuel their souls to the more you have, to the plans that you have for them, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans for hope and a future, that they can rise up and be a chosen generation. We ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.